morning, City Church. This is Julie Davis, bringing you a moment of sanity at the start of your day, a moment of truth from God's Word, a moment of grace. Almost any time that I come across a passage from the book of Revelation, my takeaway is something like, huh, that was weird. I haven't been through seminary, and my tendency when doing my own study of Scripture is to gravitate toward the Psalms or the Epistles. Those sections of Scripture often feel much more straightforward and applicable to life than the symbolic visions found in Revelation. However, 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That assurance includes passages like today's reading from Revelation that might feel a bit obscure to you as well. And if there's anything that I've learned from my near doctorate level familiarity with the Jesus Storybook Bible from Read Alouds with My Kids, it's that we can always find the good news of the gospel in the Word of God, even the apocalyptic parts. I'll read for us now from Revelation 9, verses 13 through 21. Buckle up, y'all. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number. And this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. They wore breastplates the color of fire and of sapphire and of sulfur. And the heads of the horses were like lion's heads. And fire and smoke and sulfur came out from their mouths. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the sulfur coming out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents with heads, and by means of them they wound. The rest of mankind, who were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Uh Uh-huh. That was weird. So where does the gospel play into a description of fallen angels and their 200 million assistants killing off a third of mankind? Well, first of all, we see God's justice and power. God didn't cause this evil or that which we experience in our lives, but he does contain it, use it for good, and ultimately we'll see him obliterate it. As scary and confusing and discouraging as the power of evil can feel to us, there's no contest with our God. A few weeks ago, I was listening to a sermon by Tim Keller where he described a conversation with someone who claimed they couldn't believe in a God who would send people to hell. This is a pretty common objection. 
one that I've struggled with from time to time. Keller's response was, do you believe God forgives you? Yes, the person said. Then he asked, what does it cost him? When we read about the brutal judgment described in Revelation 9, that is the type of wrath that God poured out on his own son so that we could be saved. We also learn from this passage the vitality of God's pursuit of us in leading us to salvation. Judgment itself isn't enough to turn a human heart toward repentance. The text says that even after a third of mankind was wiped out, the rest of the people still continued on in their sin. And you know what? We would do the exact same thing in their shoes. We don't have the sense to turn away from evil on our own volition. We need the mercy of God to lead our hearts out of folly and into the redemption of Christ. My hope for this reflection today is that we would be encouraged by the knowledge that God is greater than the evil that we encounter in this life. That we would be awed by the magnitude of Jesus' sacrifice and that His mercy in softening our hearts toward Him will continue as we grow in love for His Word. A quick programming note. Next week is Ministry Partner Week where you'll get to hear from some of the people City Church partners with to share the gospel in Richmond and beyond. They'll introduce themselves, tell you a bit about what they do, and reflect on a piece of scripture that's meaningful to them in their work. You won't want to miss it. Until then, stay well and do good.